Turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 7. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 7. Sometimes we have an unseen helper. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, I, I, I've got a car that talks to me. And, uh, you know, and, uh, it, it will ding if I go over the line. You know, it's my helper. And sometimes it helps me more than I want to be helped. And, uh, you know, there have been some things I've turned off. But, um, uh, you know, praise God for those times when we have the help that we need. And uh, God helps us sometimes through other individuals, but sometimes he just helps us uh, by working in our lives and leading us and protecting us and being just active uh, specifically in our lives. And this is exactly what's going on here in Nehemiah 4. God is working with the people of Israel as they're trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, they've got enemies on every side, uh, north, east, south and west, all of these countries are against them, uh, and they have combined forces together. They've come up with a plot to disrupt the, the building process, uh, even perhaps to attack the city uh, and kill the people before the Persians can find out that they know what's actually been said to Nehemiah. Um, and so uh, it, they're in a time of crisis. Uh, the wall was stopped years before, uh, and the people are growing discouraged. The work is about halfway done, uh, and, and the tiredness is set again, and now there's an attack from without, and so the people are struggling, but they're not alone. Uh, they have an unseen helper uh, in the Lord who is going to help them uh, overcome these obstacles and finish the project that God had laid upon Nehemiah's heart. And so uh, we need to trust that we have an unseen helper. Jesus has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Uh, he has told us that he would walk with us. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was ascending to heaven, he said, uh, go and make disciples of all nations, and lo or behold, I am with you always. So he would be there to help us uh, deal with the challenges and the difficulties that we face, but also to accomplish the things that he has created us to accomplish in this life. And so uh, we need to trust in our unseen helper, and that's the title of my message, Our Unseen Helper. And look with me at verse 7 of Nehemiah 4. It says, When Sinbalat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites heard that the repair to the walls of Jerusalem was progressing and that the gaps were being closed, they became furious. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. So we prayed to our God and stationed a guard because of them day and night. In Judah, it was said, the strength of the labor fails. Since there is so much rubble, we will never be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they won't realize it. Literally, they won't know it or they won't see it until we're among them and can kill them and stop the work. When the Jews who lived nearby arrived, they said to us time and again, everywhere you turn, they attack us. So I stationed people behind the lowest sections of the wall at the vulnerable areas 
I stationed them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I made an inspection, I stood up and said to the nobles, officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord and fight for your countrymen, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and homes. When our enemies heard that we knew their scheme and that God had frustrated it, every one of us returned to his own work on the wall. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half held spears, shields, and bows, and armor. The officers supported all the people of Judah who were rebuilding the wall. The laborers who carried the loads worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other. Each of the builders had his sword strapped around his waist while he was building, and the trumpeter was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is enormous and spread out, and we are separated far from one another along the wall. Whenever you hear the trumpet sound, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued the work while half of the men were holding spears from daybreak until the stars came out. And at that time, I also said to the people, let everyone and his servants spend the night inside Jerusalem so that they can stand guard by night and work by day. And I, my brothers, my servants, and the men of the guard with me never took off our clothes. Each carried his own weapon, even when washing. All right, so our unseen helper, how does God help us doing his work in times of opposition? Well, first thing I want you to see is that he brings clarity. In verse 8, uh, it's speaking of their enemies. It says, they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. So the Lord brings us clarity in the midst of confusion. Um, if you look in this world, everywhere you look, there's confusion. People don't know what's right. People don't know what's wrong. People don't know which way is up and which way is down. Uh, but God has given us clarity on those things in his word. He's given us his standard. Um, and, and for Nehemiah and the people who were working there, he gave them clarity by leading them in the specific things they were to do and uh, by helping them to know what to do when the trouble came. Um, I thank God that uh, there's a lot of things I don't know about in the future, right? Sometimes ignorance is bliss if you've got uh, problems or heartaches that are coming. But God is able, when those things happen in our lives, to show us exactly what to do. Um, and uh, I think of, of Elijah as, as he was dealing with, with the sin and so forth, and he had prayed for the rain to stop. And, and uh, uh, this was all part of the judgment of God. God actually told him, you go by the river Zarephath, and uh, there I will provide for you with the ravens. And, and he drank water from the brook, and he, he ate the food. The ravens were bringing to him, supernaturally bringing to him. And then... After a while, because of the drought, the brook dried up, and so God sent Elijah to a widow in Zarephath, and um, she was fixing her last meal for herself and her son. And Elijah said, I know you're fixing your last meal, but fix me something first. You know, I always thought, you know, it'd, it'd be entertaining to see him go up and say that to somebody today. They'd probably get smacked. But um, that's what he said, and, and apparently God had been dealing with this woman and had been telling her that this man was going to come, and so she agrees to do that, and she lets Elijah eat first, and exactly what Elijah said happened, and they 
uh, were supplied supernaturally by God and had food for the rest of the time of the drought. God knew the problem was coming. He told Elijah exactly what to do. And uh, Elijah survived and made it to the other side and was able to then be greatly used by God to bring in a time of blessing once again. So uh, God can bring clarity. Uh, I remember one time uh, having a struggle with my son. And, you know, he and I were kind of, he was in middle school. And uh, we were kind of butting heads and, and not seeing eye to eye. And uh, I just, I took it to the Lord in prayer one day. I was burdened about it. I said, Lord, I feel like I'm drifting apart from my son. And I'm not sure what to do about it. And uh, he, as you know, I felt like I was being told, you shut your mouth and things will get better. <laughs> and so I shut my mouth and things began to get better. And, and praise God for that. He preserved that. He knew exactly what to do. He gave me clarity in that situation where I had none. And God is able to do that uh, in our lives. And so uh, trust God to bring the clarity that you need as you serve him and seek to fulfill the purposes he's given you to fulfill. So our unseen helper, how does God help us? Uh, well, in times of opposition, he brings clarity. Secondly, he thwarts plans. If you look in verse 9, it says uh, that, uh, so we prayed to our God and stationed a guard because of them day and night. So uh, their enemies wanted to take them by surprise, but God gave Nehemiah the right idea uh, and thwarted the plans because that now they've got watchmen watching out, so the element of surprise is not going to happen. They're not going to come in there and kill them when they're not paying attention because now somebody's always paying attention. Um, it's amazing to me how God can thwart the plans of people. Um, you know, the Egyptians wanted to kill uh, the, uh, the, the opponents. Uh, it, they're going through the Red Sea, and they're pursuing the Israelites. They want to bring them back into slavery, but they're going to they kill anybody who stands in their way. The Israelites get to the other side. And, you know, after all the plagues, you wonder, why in the world did they go into the, the Red Sea? You know, why would you do that after seeing what God had done? But they did. Well, finally, the wheels start coming off their chariots, and they say, boy, their God is fighting for them. And, and the waves close in over them. And their plans are forever ceased. Um, what about with Jesus? His enemies wanted to put him to death. And yes, they put him to death because that was part of God's plan. But three days later, he arose. You see, they couldn't, they couldn't stop the purpose of God. God's word of their plan. And so, um, what an amazing God we serve. We can trust him to thwart the plans of those who come against us. Now, sometimes you may say, well, uh, haven't there been times when God's, God's plan, you know, the Apostle James, he was, he was martyred. I mean, was that God's plan? Uh, no, the enemies of God have came against James, and God allowed James to be put to death. And then Peter later is released, rescued by the angel. So was God's plan thwarted? No, it was God's plan. For James to give testimony with the giving of his life. So when God chooses to, he can thwart the plans. And, and that means his purposes will be achieved. 
Um, Paul, uh, we, we didn't get that far this morning, but Paul says, whether by life or whether by death, I want to honor my God. And, and God can work in all kinds of different situations. Um, so, God thwarts the plans of his enemies. I think of those, uh, the, the dictators uh, throughout history uh, who have tried to stamp Christianity out. Uh, some in the Roman Empire and some uh, since who've tried to, to kill Christians, who've burned scriptures, and who've uh, done everything they can to persecute and oppose the work of God. And yet, the kingdom of God continues on. Uh, God is able to thwart the plans of those who are against us. And so, uh, this, is, this is good to know when you're trying to serve God, you're trying to accomplish a task, that you can take the opposition that comes against you. And ideally, as Christians, we want uh, people to come to faith in Jesus. We want people to know the forgiveness that's found in Jesus. And so we can pray for that. Uh, but we can also pray that God will thwart any plan that is, is coming against his purpose. And that's exactly what God does here. As they station this guard, the plan to ambush them is thwarted. So, our unseen helper, how does God help us? Well, in times of opposition, he brings clarity, he thwarts plans. Thirdly, he reveals secrets. He reveals secrets. Now, if you look uh, in verse 11, my translation kind of obscures this. Um, it, it's, the meaning is the same, but it says they, they won't realize it until we're among them and can kill them and stop the work. Literally, what the original Hebrew says is they won't know and they won't see. Okay, uh, And what's ironic is they both know and see, Okay, which I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but uh, our God reveals secrets. He can reveal what is unknown any other way. Uh, in this case, he does it in, apparently in some normal ways because the reports are getting back from the people in Judah about what is going on. Uh, but I love the fact, he says, they won't know it. If you look in verse, uh, uh, they won't see it. You look in verse uh, 15, you find out that our enemies heard that we knew their scheme. Well, they won't see it. They won't know it. They know it. Okay? God has revealed what is really going on. God can do that. Now, God can also choose not to do that, right? How many of the disciples knew that Judas Iscariot was going to betray Jesus? When Jesus told them about it, Lord, is it me? Lord, is it me? Lord, who, who is it? They didn't say, oh, that's that Judas guy. I knew it. No, they had no clue. There was a scheme going on in the background. That came from hell itself because the Bible says that Satan entered into Judas and Jesus said, go, what you're going to do, do quickly. Now, Jesus knew about it, but the rest of them didn't. Why? Because it was in God's plan for that series of circumstances to take place. Why? Because God saw you and me and he saw people across the ages who had sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, uh, and needed the redemption that only Jesus could bring. 
So Jesus went to the cross. He paid the price for your sin and for mine. And uh, then he rose again. And because of what he's done, we can have forgiveness and eternal life. I think it's a good thing that people weren't trying to stop Judas. Peter might have pulled out his sword instead of getting Malchus. He might have gotten Judas and just taken him out. But Judas was used by God to bring my forgiveness and your forgiveness as we trust in Jesus and repent of our sins. And what an amazing work God did through that secret that was not revealed. I remember a number of years ago, there were some things happening in the background in church that I didn't know about. And when I finally found it out, the damage had already been done. And I was like, Lord, why didn't you let me know about this? I could have done something about it. And then later on, I realized God used that situation to bring about some good purposes he had for our church. But at the time, I couldn't see it at all. Other times, he has revealed things to me and has used me and others to help deal with these problems. And so... Um, God can reveal secrets. So that means we can trust him with what we know and what we don't know. Because he's able to handle it all, right? Um, they say, well, we've, we've got this plot. We've come up with this idea. Uh, they're not going to know about it, and they know about it. Uh, isn't it amazing how God can reveal what's really going on in situations? Um uh, Solomon says, be careful what you say in secret because the little bird may take it <laughs> and uh, so somebody will hear about it. So um, God uh, revealed the secrets that are going on. Uh, so how does our unseen helper help us? Well, he helps us in times of opposition by, because he brings clarity. He thwarts plans. He reveals secrets. He opens eyes. Now, I've talked about it. They won't know it. They won't see it. Uh, and then verse 14, after I made an inspection. In other words, I saw it. I was looking at it, and I knew all about it. Uh, I saw what I needed to see. I stood up and said, don't be afraid of them, and so forth. And he, he gives the message in, of encouragement. Remember our great God. You know, put your trust in him, and, and, uh, and let's move forward. Uh, so he opened his eyes to what was really happening. Sometimes we don't know. The Bible says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. There's a spiritual battle. And a lot of times we see the surface thing. Maybe we're, there's a, a problem with an individual or something. And we think, well, it's a, it's, it's a problem between me and this individual. But often it's not. Often it's something that the enemy is trying to do to break up a relationship. And God sometimes will open our eyes if we'll take these things to God in prayer and say, Lord, what about this situation? How do, how do I approach this situation? Uh, how do I deal with this? And, and if we're willing to listen to God, he'll often open our eyes to what we need to do and uh, exactly what's going on. And that's what he did for Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah heard of the plot. He knew of the plot. But he also saw what he needed to see so that he could deal with the problems that were there. Um, so God will open our eyes to something. Um, I remember uh, years ago we had uh, a fellow came and visited our church, and uh, I noticed he, he was listening listening well and everything, and uh, he came out of the church at the end of the service, and, and uh, I was talking to him, and I said, well, do you live, you know, do you live in this area? And he 
he grinned and he looked at me and he told me his name. And he was a childhood friend. <laughs> and I just did not recognize him at all. Uh, and uh, uh, then a, a few, uh, it, was, it was maybe a few weeks later, I'm in the parking lot at another church where I was going to a class. And uh, I see his father. And so I go up to him and I say, how you doing? And he looks at me like, who in the world are you? <laughs> and, and I said, this is Roger Pugh. And, so, uh, and, and I told him, I said, I didn't recognize your son the other day when I saw him. And he said, well, that's okay. I didn't recognize you. And so uh, sometimes we need somebody to help us open our eyes, right? Uh, well, God can do that in those times where maybe we're blind to the situation. We don't really understand what's going on. He can open our eyes. And that's what he did with Nehemiah. He showed him exactly what he needed to do. So how does God help us as our unseen helper in those times of opposition? He brings clarity. He thwarts plans. He reveals secrets. He opens eyes. He frustrates counsel. I love this. Uh, verse 15. When our enemies heard that we knew their scheme and that God had frustrated it. Literally, the Hebrew says God had frustrated their counsel. I think this is really neat because you have all these nations on every side of them who are much better established. They're, they've not been in captivity. Um, they've got their counselors. They've got their strategy. They've got their scheme. Uh, and they've, they've spent this time coming up with this plan. But God frustrates it. Have you ever had, had a plan and uh, it just got frustrated? Um, and, you know, isn't it frustrating when you're trying to get something done that you want to see get done, and it just won't happen? Uh, I, I remember, uh, I've had a number of those situations happen, a lot of times when I've been working on an automobile or something like that. Um, but in this case, God himself is frustrating the plan. And if God... We, we talk about this all the time. If God be for us, who can be against us? But if God's against us, who can be for us? And these nations, despite the fact that they had spent all this time coming up with this plan, they'd gotten this counsel, they, they got this strategy together, none of it would work. Why? Because God was against it. They were coming against the purpose of God. So God frustrated their counsel. Have you ever had an enemy that was smarter than you? <laughs> maybe, maybe they're more, um, you know, uh, they're a schemer or something like that. You know, they're better at scheming and working the situation. And um, Listen, if you're doing God's work, you don't have to worry about that. They may be smarter than you, but they're not smarter than God. They may have a better plan than you, but they don't have a better plan than God. And God is able to frustrate the counsel of enemies who come against his purpose. And so uh, that's what happened. So they realized that. They, they realized God had frustrated their counsel. Um, Nehemiah is giving an encouraging statement to his people, and, and he says this. He says, our God will fight for us, is verse 20. Our God will fight 
for us. So our unseen helper fights enemies. I mentioned the Egyptians going through the Red Sea. They noticed the fact their chariot wheels start coming off. I thought we designed these things better than this. You know, what would we do? You, you know, go down to the, the budget place to, to buy the wheels here? No, this wasn't the fact that they had not made the wheels well. God was fighting against them, and they knew it. There's nothing that they could do about it at that point. But um, God can fight against enemies. As we're obeying God's purpose... Um, sometimes, sometimes God will, will work in a situation and what we hope we hope that our enemies find Christ right that's what we pray for we'll try to reach, reach our enemies we try to, we're called to love our enemies uh, God loves our enemies but just because he loves them doesn't mean that he'll let them thwart his purpose so uh, God says to Nehemiah and the people, don't worry, I'm going to fight for you. And Nehemiah shares this. He says, our God will fight for us. Tony Evans tells a story about this little boy who was running from a yapper dog, right? Uh, his daddy's standing there, and the little boy runs up, and he jumps in his daddy's arms. And finally, he's, he, the fear is is subsiding because he realizes I'm safe. The little dog's down there yapping. The little boy looks over and he goes, nah, 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 nah. Why? Because he knew. He might have been scared of that dog, but he knew that his daddy would fight for him. Right? The, do- the, the daddy was not going to let that dog hurt him. And so he went from being afraid to being bold. And that's what Nehemiah is trying to, to communicate to the people. Our God will fight. You don't have to be afraid of these people. You don't have to worry about this. You don't have to be anxious about this. You can trust in your God because he will fight for you. Then our unseen helper not only brings clarity, thwarts plans, reveals secrets, opens eyes, frustrates counsel, fights enemies, he gives strategy give strategy in verses 21 through 23 he describes this he says so we continued the work while half of the men were holding spears from daybreak until the stars came out at that time I also said to the people let everyone and his servants spend the night inside Jerusalem and so they had some that were kind of commuting to Jerusalem to work on the walls so he says instead of commuting well, where you're getting threatened by these opposing powers Come stay in the city and help guard the city. And so they're, they're there. And so uh, he says, then, and I also said to the people, verse 22, let everyone and his servants spend the night inside Jerusalem so that they can stand guard by night and work by day. Apparently in shifts they were doing this. And I, my brothers, my servants, and the men of the guard never took off our clothes each carried his weapon even when washing. So there's a great deal of urgency. They're trying to finish this wall up. But they know that they can't let their guard down. So they're carrying their sword. Uh, and they're not taking off their clothes. You know what that means? They were really stinking. 
okay? They, they, I imagine it was ripe along the wall in Jerusalem. But they weren't taking off their clothes. Why? Because they were looking. They were vigilant every moment, watching so the enemy would not come against them. God gave them a strategy, and the strategy worked. They finished the wall in record time, and God provided for his people. Listen, uh, God's able to give you a strategy. The Bible says that God doesn't call many mighty. There are some mighty that he does call, but not many mighty, not many wise, not many noble. God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Uh, so God takes ordinary people and he uses them for his purpose. And how does he do that? He gives them the strategy they need to follow. And they take those steps of obedience and God's purpose is fulfilled. So you don't have to be the smartest. You, listen, all you got to do is be available. And God will use you. He'll give you the strategy you need. He'll work with you to accomplish the task that he has for you to fulfill. And so God gave them a strategy as well. Sometimes uh, you're taught cookie-cutter strategies. You, if, if you've been in business or uh, you, you've gone to leadership seminars, you know, well, just do one, two, three, four, five, and, and your business will be changed and you'll be successful. Uh, some people say the same thing about churches. You know, do one, two, three, four, five, and this, this, will, this will take off. But every situation is different, right? You've got different people, different dynamics, different situations. There can be some principles that work. Um, but God knows perfectly the situation that you have. He knows the things you know, but he also thinks, knows the things you don't know. I remember um, one of my, my churches, there was a fellow that was causing all kinds of trouble. And uh, I had a fellow come to me once day, one day, and he said, you know, but you just need to take the bull by the horns. He said, you need to confront this guy and, and just do what it takes to stop him or, or get him out or whatever. And, and he said, You're, he said you have, uh, you've abdicated your leadership. I mean, he was being pretty blunt, pretty bold with me. And so I, I went back and I, I prayed about it. And I said, Lord, is that true? Have I abdicated my leadership? Have I not done what I should have done? And I just didn't feel led to confront the guy at that particular time. Some months passed, probably about eight months passed, and um, some things began to happen. And it became apparent that this fellow was doing some things that were it was wrong, and everybody, it was obvious to everybody that it was wrong. And we began to address some of these issues at that point. But God knew where we were. And I realized when, I, when we did begin to address some of these things, I realized that had I addressed it back then, it would have blown our church apart. God knew what he was doing. He knew, he knew what I knew, but he also knew what I didn't know. And... I'm so glad I listened <laughs> to, to the Lord in that regard. A lot of times people try to tell you things, and, and wise people do listen to counsel, but you also need to take that counsel to God and, uh, and, and find his leadership in the matter because Nehemiah did so. He prayed to his God. He took action as God led him to do so, and God gave him what he needed to face the issues and problems he was facing.
Um, thank God that God is with his people. Uh, and, and we can trust him. And I encourage, that, that would be my message. If you know Christ, trust Christ in your life to help you and to be that unseen person in your life to help you. But if you don't know Christ, trust him. By repenting of your sin, choosing to turn from your sin in your own way to follow Christ and receive the gift of eternal life that he has promised for those who will repent and put their trust in him. Uh, because that is where salvation happens, and that's what God has told us in his word. Uh, and so we're going to have a time of invitation. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord here in just a moment. Uh, and uh, I, I want you, if, if you're a Christian here today,